Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. This is Marnie Swedberg, and our guest today is Carol Smith. We're going to be talking about management training, how to build your best team. Carol's a great one for this topic, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, but I want you to know what's coming. During this hour, you're going to discover how to build your best team, including how to define the word team, T-E-A-M, how to build your team from a biblical framework, the benefits of team ministry, strategies for building your best team, coaching for best practices and characteristic and contributions, serving from strengths, working with weaknesses, preparing for team challenges, including conflicts and dysfunctions, and the essentials for team leadership. Carol Smith brings, um, well, first of all, she embraces living with exuberant faith and deep abiding trust as a woman in ministry leadership. She's passionate about coaching, teaching, and sharing biblical truths and health principles for everyday choices. She graduated with a BA degree with honors in religion, family studies, health, and eventually completed a master's degree in ministry leadership from Rock Bridge Seminary. You can learn more about her at her website, transformingfocus.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome you, Carol. Hi, thank you. Well, it's so great to have you here, and it's been fun to get to know you over the past few years, especially through um, womenspeakers.com and, and the 21 Day Wins. I've just so loved your participation over there at that uh, program, and just your participation. I just love how you live out loud, and you share what God's given you with so many people, and I'm just proud to know you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I live out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I... privilege to know you. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, I want us to just go ahead and dive right in because um, the people who are listening to this program, a lot of them already have teams or are thinking of building teams. And something about what we're going to talk about today piqued their interest enough to have them come and invest the hour here. So I like to just dive in. So let's talk about first how you define team. I think it's unique for every uh, situation and, and leader, but this is how I define it. I've, a diverse group of unique individuals who commit to cooperatively serve together through their God-given strengths with a shared purpose, passion for God's mission. Mm, do it again. I was kind of expecting an acronym, so go ahead and... and uh, I know and t- there's a lot of good acronyms. acronyms. <laughs> together everyone achieves more and, you know, you can do the different words, but... I was looking at, you know, what do I need from a team? And I need and I look at it like it's a very interesting, diverse group of people. That everyone's unique, but what I really need is that we commit to work and serve together cooperatively and that we use the God-given strengths that he he has blessed us with and we have that shared common passion for God's mission. Hmm. So now that you've shared that, and that really did help for you to go through it like that, just read your whole read your whole definition one more time. A diverse group of unique individuals who commit to cooperatively serve together through their God-given strengths with a shared purpose, passion, all for God's mission. Hmm, that is really cool. So starting with that, and I, I like how you emphasize this time when you read it, you really emphasize um, cooperatively. Um, and and of course, it 
it would be so silly if everybody on the team was the same, you know, so you have the diverse and the unique, and then they're committed, and then cooperatively they're serving together. I love that for the glory of God and towards your shared passion. Just think that's so cool. Well, why don't you talk about building the team and, and maybe the biblical framework behind it? That's the basis of everything I do because um, I just so much love and and need to continually learn from God in his way. And so I I start with the creation story in Genesis where God gives us the model of the God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit all working together from time past through all eternity. And each one of them had a unique position, function, and defined work all for our behalf. And so that's the way I look at a team, that we need to work together in that spiritual fellowship, but also with each one of our unique uh, abilities to, uh, to do what we need to do. And I don't want to ever do life without teamwork, um, whether it's just a partnership or whether it's a small group or a larger team. I just find that there's so many good benefits if we stay true to the way. Um, there's so many good examples from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and I'm going to pull some of those here and there as we go through some of the different uh, areas. But I think our best example, Jesus. Hmm. And in what group of those uh, unique individual disciples who none of them were really prepared or ready, but he made something out of each one of their life, and then he let them go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he he really left them. Of course, he, he left the Holy Spirit too, but but he went away as their physical mentor and um, guide, and he left the spirit for him. So I love the I love the thought of even when we look at Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they each have distinct functions, positions, and defined works to do, and that is so important. I think that's really critical. When you look at the Jesus and his disciples, you're seeing it there too, but maybe not quite as clearly. But I, I always say God loves body life, and he puts people together that have different skills and interests from each other so that they can be a rounded or a symmetrical, a balanced unit. Uh, maybe just address that for a moment. I think of the illustration of the body, the human body. I mean, that we need all those different parts, and each one has its own unique contribution to the whole. But And, I, and I've been injured, and when... when you lose the ability to use an arm or a leg or some other uh, thing happens within your body. You know how important every part is, that it works together. And so I think I love that analogy that Paul uses in Corinthians um, because we're all made up of interdependent parts, and that's what we need in our relationship to God and in our relationship to one another. But we all have something unique to contribute. So as we look at these best practices or these principles that are in scripture that we need diversity, we need people that have different um, skills or sets than we do. How do you begin to build your team? I actually um, have done it in different ways. Sometimes, you know, you just, you come and you're, you're a part of a team, but recently I'm in, in an experience where because of our relocations, I'm in a new church and I started from just, making an an offer or call out there does anybody want to join the team and but but I this one has been really unique and different in that I've 
been able to, uh, not necessarily, I didn't handpick. I prayed and asked God to bring the people. But then we've had the opportunity to meet on a regular basis to get to know one another, to identify what our strengths are, and do some some assessments through coaching so that we could not only know clearer who we are and how we can contribute, both as new believers and mature believers, but how we can really know one another and work together. So it's always different, but it's always a good experience because we always have good lessons to learn. I love that. And I know I recently pulled a team uh, going to Africa, pulled a team together. And again, it was the, you know, pitch out there who wants to be part of a team. And then we had to narrow it down. And what I found with that one was that God had to do the narrowing down for me. It was too many people responding all with skills and all with interest and all with, you know, funding and all with the ability to actually say yes. And they would have been awesome to take with, but I only could take so many, but it was interesting to watch how God brought together the exact team that needed to go. And when we have faith that he'll do that, he will do that for us. And, and sometimes you don't do that call out other you know, at times you actually see a set of people who you say, okay, this person needs to come on as this. And has that happened to you too, where you've actually done the inviting one by one to develop a team? Yes. And in some ways that's easier because you, you, you kind of hand pick and, and, and you already know that person or you know their gifts and strengths. And I have to tell you, I was, I wanted to go to Africa. <laughs> I prayed about yeah. it. I prayed about it. But one of these days, I do pray that we I can join your team and uh, on a mission. But uh, yes, we've had it. I've had it um, where I actually joined teams that were already in place, really strong teams, um, and that's exciting. But then there's still always that the refining that happens, and I think that's where we come to the key essentials that we're looking for in people. And to me, the number one essential that I'm really looking for is character, that integrity, trust, and commitment. Is that how you define character? That's Those are high values for me, and for teamwork, those are very important for me. That um, basically I'll go to um, when I'm when – I, Building relationships is what's really important to me as a number one thing for team, and that in as we build relationships, we need to trust one another, we need to uh, mutually uh, care for one another, and, and we need to be reliable because of our commitment to follow through. Like for mm-hmm. you to go to Africa, you know that you have this special team, and Things can happen, but you really want to believe that everyone who said they were going to do what they said they were going to do, they're going to be able to follow through. We always need a backup plan, but we need to trust that, you know, it's going to happen. And we always know that even if things don't quite happen the way that you plan, God will always provide another way. Right, right. He is he is the ultimate backup plan. <laughs> I always like to say if his net isn't big enough to catch us, then we don't have a very big God. <laughs> so that's so great. And but it we, is and we do. We right. know we have a great big God, don't we? Right. Absolutely. Well, this is Marnie Swedbird. I'm visiting today with Carol Smith. Her website is, oh my goodness, I turned the page, transformingfocus.com. You want to check that out, transformingfocus.com. We're going to come back and talk about the benefits of team ministry and some strategies for building your best team. So we'll be right back.
Okay, we're going to start out here talking about the feature of the week over at money.com, and it's coaching. And I just wanted to just let you know about the coaching options that are available to you. First, if you need just a couple minutes of one-on-one time with me, you can book a permanent coaching session directly over at Marnie.com. Also, I love to um, do the 21-day win group coaching sessions, and those are also available at Marnie.com or at 21daywins.com. And those are included in the mentorship program. And then also, I like to do um, coach training. So there's a SPI, which stands for Success Principles Intensive Coach Certification Training. That's available at Marnie.com as part of the mentorship, or you can buy it separately. But it's definitely the best buy if you get it all as part of the mentorship program over there. And you can learn more at Marnie.com. Well, let's go back and visit some more with our guest, Carol Smith, today of Trans. Carol, let's talk about the benefits of team ministry. And from my own self, I have just learned that uh, I am such a um, go-getter and I just like to do it myself. And I I always have. I, I still do a lot myself. But I have really learned that God loves body life. He loves to make sure that I'm dependent on him, but also dependent on other people <laughs> to get a lot of things done, most things done. And so it's it's generated a lot of um, humility in me in that uh, a lot of times God will require that I involve either one person or a whole team of people in order to accomplish something that I would have maybe thought, oh, I can just do that on my own. So what are some of the other benefits of team ministry? I'd love to have you on my team, Marnie, <laughs> because, you know, you basically provide exactly what you need and want from team members. I think the first thing that um, that I love about team is that it's fun. It's fun to serve together. It, it is. It's mm-hmm. not only a, um, you know, a, a task-oriented result focus, but there's also that whole aspect of, of you know, I've become very good friends with some of the people that I've served on different teams with. Oh, absolutely. Went to Jamaica, and that was an, an incredible bonding experience. And we were really there for one another. But it also cultivates creativity. So, you know, I've learned the hard way that it's not good for me to try to do everything myself, but it makes you vulnerable because you have to, again, rely on other people or give them that opportunity. But everybody's waiting for that opportunity to creatively contribute. You know, we have many different gifts and talents, and, and it is also like we, I just recently did a training, and it was so enjoyable that, you know, there were different women that gave little mini testimonies. There were different women that did the music, and there was somebody else that did the decorating. And so it was just so beautiful to see how it all came together with probably, you know, 20 different women doing different things throughout the weekend. So it does give everybody that opportunity to shine. And right. Well, and I, those, I think too, just in, interrupting there for a second, but I was thinking about the, the opportunity to shine, but also the opportunity to develop skill sets. Like if nobody would have ever let me be on a team, I wouldn't know half of what I know. You know what I mean? It's like, it's because someone bothered with me. Someone took the time to teach me. I can remember, Carol, I can remember starting to learn to play piano in front of our church. And I would play the keyboard, and uh, Rick Trontvet, this amazing pianist, would play the piano. And I was terrible. I would say, I would sit next to him and I'd say things like, you know, I think the keyboard's broken. Or, 
(laughs) (laughs) And he was so patient with me and just kept saying, well, just, you know, just uh, let's see if it's plugged in right. And he was just so patient. And, and he, you know, he taught me things like, you know, if you're going to mess up, mess up big, you know, don't hold back, just give it your all. And if it's going to be a mess up, well, it might as well be big and noticeable then, you know, I, things like that, that, that he taught me different people who've taken me onto their teams. They haven't only let me shine because I mean, honestly, that only goes so far, but they have developed me and, and I'm so grateful for that. And when you let people onto your team, God is able to develop them in a way that they could never be developed if you just did it all yourself. Mm, that's why I did title it Build, Build the Best Team, yeah. because you're continually, God is continually developing and building us. And as a team, you do that together. And I, you touched on a sensitivity for me was when I was younger, I was a woman in ministry. And that wasn't necessarily always an open door. But thank God that other people gave me opportunities to participate in different ways as a woman in ministry. Hmm. Yeah. And we want to do that for our younger, both women and our younger um, uh, people, because um, so many times they need that opportunity to express themselves and and to participate and be involved. I've never been one that wants to just go somewhere and sit. I like to be a part of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, Which for you sure. Which on another really good thing, too, because it does strengthen and, 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 and give all of us the opportunity to, to build and develop and grow. Um, and it makes the whole ministry mission. Your trip to Africa is going to be a lot stronger and more powerful because of this awesome team that you have. Right. It changes everything, doesn't it? I mean, it really changes mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So increases efficiency because you're going to share the responsibilities and then you're going to have different people doing different things. So you're going to actually get things done better and more efficiently. And you're going to get a rest, we hope. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And that is really, that is really, I think, one of the reasons also why God loves teamwork so much in body life is that, one person just can't keep going and doing everything all the time. As we're not built for that, we really do need a rest. I was just reading um, right before we came on the air, I was reading about um, one of the guys that was on the um, personal uh, security for the for President Obama and, and how they would have three weeks, 24 hours a day, three weeks with the president um, while, during the last campaign, and then and then they would have six weeks off, and then they would go back for three weeks intense, 24 hours a day, you know, like that, and then six wow. weeks off, and how it's important, it's important to um, provide for some rest somewhere. If there was only just one team of security individuals, they would never get that rest, but because there's multiple teams, they have a chance to get rest, and that's the same with your team. As you delegate responsibility, and it takes courage to do that because people aren't going to do it exactly the way you would do it, but as you do that, you are you are able to rest, and that enables you to do what only you can do, which is so important too. Are there any other benefits of team ministry that you wanted to cover here? Well, that transitions perfectly to where I was going to go next, and that's that there are some definite personal health benefits when you when you serve as a team, because mm-hmm. not only does it give you a balance, you know, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, you're caring for one another, but you, as a leader too, and as you go to Africa, you want to encourage your team to make the best choices 
and then you have that mutual accountability for one another that you're looking out for one another um, because we want to function at our best. And and sometimes there there are a few people who can take on too much and they'll burn out. And burnout is a huge issue, especially in ministry. It's kind of shocking and sad, but they say that 40% of the uh, ministry leaders suffer from burnout sometime during their life uh, work and that it can be actually hazardous to health and family's well-being. And it's not just ministry. You gave a good example, and I see it a lot in the medical field too, where people can, you know, just push themselves and push themselves and work. I can't even imagine three weeks, 24 hours on, and I'm sure they get some sleep in there. But it's the same with an ER doctor and other kinds of work. But the key thing here is, is that now, like if you're on my team and I see that happening, I'm going to provide some coaching. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look out for you, and I'm going to speak the truth in love. But I'm going to definitely try to help ease the stress. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, and for you know, sure. Unexpected so, things will happen, especially when you're going on an international trip. I, I keep bringing going back to Africa, but you know, when I've been on an international trip, and and things that you don't expect, ah, oh, things in the local church, things you know, in in your everyday life happen that you don't expect. And so that's where you need a backup, and that's what you get with a good team. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and talk about some strategies for building a good team. Okay, because we want our teams to function at their best, and we want everyone to benefit. So I can tell you the number one, number one way I live is pray, pray, and pray more. <laughs> and so I always do that in all circumstances and all and you know as I prepared for today our time together um, but I, I look at it as an as a leader as an investment I want to invest in my team and so um, I and I look at it as a process and it's an ever-changing because people come and people go especially my experience is primarily with volunteers and so whether it's in community health or whether it's in church ministry or uh, an international ministry uh, mission. When you deal with volunteers, they have the choice at any time to come and go, or things happen. So I really want to invest in them and 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 build and keep them uh, because there's nothing better. I've been on teams for as long as 12 years, but I want them to know who they are, identify their strengths, and then get to know one another so that we can work together. Um, in, a, in, a, in a harmony that, that is really beneficial for everyone. So I look, and I, you can look, there's many examples in the Bible of uh, not necessarily the person that was called and asked to do things felt that they were, they were ready or equipped. And so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that God is continually developing our character. And that, again, I say the important qualities that I look for initially is that I want integrity, trust, and commitment, and that builds. But there's many good values that are essential, um, and I want that our team can respect one another. But what I do as a coach is I actually, this, this time around, I got together with my ladies as a small group, and we did some spiritual gift assessments. We did personality. We did uh, values and passions, and we talked about our vision as a as an individual and as a whole, and we developed the mission statement, and that was so enriching because it helped us to know one another, but it also helped us to get a clearer focus and a direction for how God was going to lead us next. 
So I invest that time with my team. And, um, and, I, and you know, Jesus chose his team, but he accepted them as they were. But his, by his grace, he developed each one of them to be their best. And so that's what I want him to continue to do for me, but for him to do that as well for our team. So when we think about strategies for building a great team, um, prayer comes first, and then investing in your teammates, um, team members, whether it's in, you know, discovering who they are, where their strengths are, where all of yours are together. You're looking for character, certain character qualities, and then, you know, accepting them where they are as well, developing them forward. Were there any other strategies that you had there that are critical for a great team? You coach them. You co- I'm a coach, so it just comes naturally. If, you know, you could use other words, but to me, coaching just really works because coaching is about walking alongside, helping them to identify their strengths and what they can contribute, and and um, and then building that and, and encouraging that, affirming that, you know, continuing, you know, bringing that together so that we can not only. Uh, benefit as individuals, we can benefit as a whole, but we get the successful results that we so strive for because that's really why we're together. We want to serve from our strengths and we want to move forward and, and accomplish the things that, you know, in a workplace, results are majorly, you know, the number one thing. In a ministry, result, results are just as important in a different way. But, you know, we want successful programs. And we want whatever we do to bring glory to God. And sometimes that could be just life change that happens. You can have someone on your team who's very quiet, very shy and introverted, but they're still going to get the benefit of being on that team. And so, again, it's identifying who's on the team and how they can contribute and then giving them multiple opportunities. But I'm going to take it to the next area, and that's working out the weaknesses. What do you think? I'm going to change it around here and ask you, what do you think I mean by that, working out weaknesses? Well, you know, obviously we all have them. <laughs> so when you when you work out, let's say you have a cramp in your leg and you work it out, it needs some massage, it needs some rest, it maybe needs some heat or some cold, it needs, it needs special attention instead of just going on as if it didn't have a cramp in your leg. And so I think with our weaknesses, it's the same way. They're, they're the things that cause us pain and cause other people pain, and they just need special attention. Yes, and that's my big reality check that, you know, sometimes things can be really challenging and difficult when you're dealing with people. And I can tell you myself, I have made some big, stupid mistakes, little mistakes, I'm a work in progress, as we all are. And so I've encountered some weaknesses not only in myself, but I also believe truly that there's potential in us all. And so I really do strive to work with whoever God connects us and combines us with. And just as Jesus did, again, with his strong-willed disciples, he had a lot of stuff to overcome, pride, dominance, insecurity, overconfidence, fear, doubts and even one who actually betrayed him. And sometimes we're going to experience all of those things, hopefully not all of them in one person, but Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says that just as iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens the character of his friend and brings improvement in relationships. And there, again, is one of those benefits for team that we can contribute 
to one another's growth. Hmm. So great. Well, this is Marnie Sledberg visiting today with Carol Smith of TransformingFocus.com. And we're going to take just a little breather here and come back and talk about serving from strength and working out weaknesses. Right now, I want to take a moment and do our weekly speaker focus. And the speaker of the week is Paula Abbott of Terrell, Texas. Paula is a cowgirl. She's a Christian, and she loves to talk to women and guys about God and about how to use their um, lives for him, whether they're in on top of a horse or wherever they are. <laughs> and she is available and eager to come to your group to speak. You can find Paula Abbott over at womenspeakers.com as well as over a thousand other Christian women speakers available. There's no middleman, no waiting, no fees, and it's completely free for you to search anytime, day or night. If you want to check that out at womenspeakers.com. And again, Paula Abbott is our speaker of the week. Well, welcome back. Our guest today, Carol Smith, is from TransformingFocus.com, and she's sharing with us how to build your best team. Before break, we were just starting to talk about serving from strengths and working out weaknesses. We're going to spend some more time here. Carol, let's talk about um, a little bit more about the strength side. So when people come into a team situation, uh, it's typical for us to look at each other and to say, oh, I wish I could do that like her, or, oh, I hate it when he does that, or whatever it is, you know, we're right away putting on the lens of comparison and of, you know, maybe who's going to be good at doing this or that, or, you know, don't ask me to stand up in front or, you know, be sure to ask me to stand up in front or whatever it is. So you talked a little bit earlier about doing some spiritual gifts assessments, um, finding out some values, some passions, um, coming up with a mission statement together. What are some of the to- the practical tools that you use to uncover the strengths and weaknesses of a new team? You know, it's interesting because what you described is exactly what will happen. <laughs> You'll have either a whole lot of real strong, uh, talented uh people with the similar gifts or you'll have some who basically you have to draw it out and 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 help them to develop but one of the tools that i do use there's a lot of really good assessments and i i kind of have a lot of fun with them everything from the personality types to the spiritual gifts to the love languages and um i just enjoy all those kind of assessments but i developed a tool called a life design profile and that helps us to see who we are And by seeing who we are, we look at our beliefs, we look at our values, we look at how God has shaped us. Um, But then we look at not only that, we look at um, who God is calling us to serve and how and what that purpose and vision is. And then we look at how we can actually implement that and, and, and integrate those things so that we can actually be more effective for him. Because it's amazing how some people aren't in any way aware Maybe it's fear, maybe it's um, they're new, or maybe it's because they've never tried it before, but they haven't really explored and experimented with trying some new and different things. And so it's always my goal to help bring out the best in everybody that's on the team. And it can be challenging both ways. Now, the life design profile that you created, can you tell us about that? Is it like a 30-minute thing, or does it go over a period of weeks, or how do you take that one? That one, really, you have to build in up to, because um, 
I'll be glad to share that with everyone. But but basically, it, it's not something most people can do at one time because what I've done is I've spent a period of several different times with them before we actually can fulfill that. It was something that I actually developed through my uh, graduate studies. And we had to, they called it a matrix. You can call it different things, but it's basically sort of your life chart with your strengths. And it, it, it's very um, encouraging and enriching because it helps to see, wow, what a treasure I am. Look who I am in God and look, you know, what he has done for me. But also it empowers you to see that, you know, he does have a purpose for you. You can have your dreams and a vision fulfilled in your uh, service for him. And, and, you know, it's going to look different for every person because some people it's going to be, they're going to play that out right now in this time of their life as a mother and a wife. For somebody else, it could be a, a professional career. For somebody else, they could apply it within a ministry that they can do as a part-time volunteer. So, you know, it has different purposes and functions, and it's a little more complicated that you can't just take a look at it and just, it, you can figure it out, but most sure. people, they like some coaching and a little more direction with it. Sure. Well, you guys can um, request access to that over at transformingfocus.com. And if you just go to the connect page, um, you can get a hold of Carol there. And I wanted to let you know, too, that at marnie.com, there's the personalities test that I created. It's kind of, uh, Carol, our heart is the same as to help people to understand who's around them, the, the strengths and the weaknesses of the people around them. Because it seems to me like so often before... Before a person understands the personality types or the giftings, what happens is that they have their way and then they have the wrong way. <laughs> it's just not that easy. <laughs> it isn't just my way or the highway. It's, it's, it's so many ways that God uses to accomplish all of the work that needs to be done in the world. And I even in, uh, in my book called Feeling Loved, Connecting with God in the Minutes You Have, I, I talk about the personality test, but then I go even further. I mean, we even worship differently. Like the fun personalities, yeah. they just love to talk. And so listening during long group prayers is tough for them. But they, you know, and they do most of the talking when they're talking to God. But then you have the leaders in worship, and they sometimes work so hard for God that they miss out on enjoying him. Scheduled prayer times are the only way to go. You know, nothing spontaneous for them. Organizers, they feel like most grateful to God when things are on time and going planned. And they, you know, they love to be near God in nature. Stabilizers, they love to have prayer be the central part to their peace. They prefer to soak God in and deep scripture reading and meditation. And, you know, we all do this so differently. And as soon as we can realize that and really truly value not only the streaks, but even the weaknesses of our teammates, the stronger the team will be. And so these kind of tests and assessments, um, while they may seem uh, like an investment to make, are really, really helpful. So let's say that we've done some of these um, tests and we've figured out kind of who we are and who our teammates are like that. Um, when you talk about coaching for best characteristics and contributions, you know, that's beyond what a test is going to say. So what what is it that you actually do with the results of these tests then? I do a life plan facilitation, but I love what you just shared because I did access a lot of your resources and tools, and I enjoyed it, but that's my 
that's what draws me to you, and I do like those things. And I and I even found out that I was, we change. You know, when I was younger, right. I, I worshipped in a certain way, and my personality has been changing too as I've gone through different life uh, experiences. And so it's it's it, it's fascinating. I mean, there's there's a core that you know, but we also want to be open to change. And so I, I help to try to get the women to identify and, and recognize that, but also continue to stay open because God's Spirit will do things for us that we don't even begin to uh, understand or comprehend, but he has a, He still has a plan for us, and so that's why I do the life plan. And, and that takes them again to the next level, the next step, if you call it, to where we can start looking at, like, now how is that going to play out in our everyday life, and, 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 and what is the reality of what God is really drawing us to with prioritizing our values and, and living them, but also making some, and this is why I love your 21-day win, because every month we get to set up some different goal that we want. And I love that because I feel like I'm growing, and I love it because right. with your team, I feel like we have accountability. And, and, and so, you know, there's really value in, in, in doing some of these steps and exercises because it is very practical, and it's and the results are there. Um, yeah. When you came into my life, I was in, I don't, only God knows. I don't even remember how we connected, but somehow we connected through the wonderful Internet world. And you came at a time when I was in deep, deep despair and grief, not only from a physical injury, but from an incredible family loss. And you helped to pick me up, lift me up to the Lord, and I started doing your 21-day wins, and it was like, you put me back on course. Of course, it was God, but I was so thankful that Marnie and this guy, my mentor, my coach, you know, was there. And so I want to do that same thing with and for other women. And we get those opportunities because God, you know, crosses our path and puts people into our lives. And so I really do, when I said invest, I really meant invest because I am so thankful for the people who invested in my life college professors, teachers, friends. I have a prayer partner that I've been praying with for over 16 years, and she mentors me every week, and it's mutual. And so that's where that whole building of the relationships and the depth is so profound uh, when we serve together as a team. And, um, and some of us, you know, I have team members, because of their age and their physical limitations or disabilities, you know, they're not actually doing a lot of active things, but they're still valuable because they're still contributing, encouraging, and praying. So it looks different for every individual and for every team. I'm so glad you said that, too, and I appreciate everything you said here. But um, you just said, you know, it looks different for each person. And one of the things that you talk about in working out the weaknesses with people is sometimes you need to redirect and you need to say, you know, I know that you came in thinking that you were going to be doing <laughs> this work, but it seems like this over here might be a better fit for you. Have you ever had to do that in a real-life scenario? And if so, maybe give some um helpful strategies for making that go as smoothly as possible. I have had to do that, and I've actually had that done with me, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I got a, I got a, a serious medical uh, illness uh, in 2005, and praise God, it's been over 10 years and I'm cancer-free, and it was at the height of my, I was working for a church staff, and I loved what I did, 
and but but in that position I had to do it, and then I actually had it happen for myself. I had a call, my university pr- professor tell me to stop, and I had my pastor tell me to stop, and mm-hmm. that redirecting. And when you've been a goer and a doer, and then all of a sudden you can't do anything, what I say, but pray, which was very very valuable in it, in and of itself. It was I called it my time of wilderness. Um, it was an, it was a really um, a, a, a deep surrendering time for me, but relating it to other people on my team, I know there's sometimes somebody really wants to do, I, it could be music, it could be speaking, it could be the cooking, and you give them those opportunities, but that may not be their strength or they may be better somewhere else, but they're not willing or able to acknowledge that. That's when it's a delicate thing to where you want to, you want to, value them you want to honor them but you also want to give them other opportunities and and you know sometimes the reality is is that we can redirect that it's really the holy spirit and and i love how sometimes i wouldn't know what to do or what to say mm-hmm. i would pray and the lord would take care of it i would pray and he would give me a scripture and the lord would take care of it because truly it is his work and the holy spirit is the convictor and uh, the comforter, and and yet we get to sometimes God uses us in those different roles. But I look and the story that I really it helped me a whole lot was Nehemiah, and how he had to overcome so many challenges, and how really he was a man, he was a cupbearer. So you know what equipped him to take a whole team and <laughs> right. go rebuild the wall? Yeah. And yet he was a man of deep prayer, and he went. And he had many, many obstacles, but because of his relationship to God, he was able to complete that mission. Yeah, I love it, and it is you know it's always back to it's always back to a life of prayer and being willing and available to God. I was just thinking about the example even during this interview right now, a little while ago, maybe fifteen minutes ago. I had this um, thought, and I hadn't prayed it in advance of our interview today, Carol, but I had this thought, I hope that it would become possible for Carol to share a little bit about her past, like what you've gone through, because you, you have walked through some deep waters. And and then you took it there without me saying a word. And leaders listening, if you if you don't know how to proceed, just trust God, because, I mean, that wasn't a delicate situation so much as it was just a typical way that I deal with not knowing how to bring something up. I just ask God to help. I just I just ask him to inter- intervene. And it's amazing. Even with my staff at the store or the restaurant, it's amazing how many times something will be said to me that opens the door then for this conversation that I've been wanting to have with a team member. And that's not to say bury your head in the ground and don't deal with things head on. I don't believe that either. But when you really want to and you don't see how to, then the position is faith and trust. And Carol, do you have a response to that? I do because actually I had to overcome. I didn't want to be labeled. I didn't really want to become the center of pity. And um, and so I had a hard time a lot uh, for to even talk about the cancer and the death of my son because it was not only painful, but I just didn't want that to only be my identity. And so, um, but yet at the same time, we know that God allows us to go through what we go through, but it's by his grace that we overcome. But truly, 
I know without a doubt that God uses me to help women who go through deep grief. He uses me to help people to live well with chronic conditions, and that's why I have that dual role of of that passion for the spiritual and the emotional healing, but also the health education. Um, I've been a health educator off and on um, because he prepares us and then he opens up opportunities and doors and I didn't plan on talking about any of those things either today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, and the the main thing, the main thing as a leader or even just as a a living soul is to just be totally dependent on Christ and to watch for him to move in and through us and that is our goal, that is our desire. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Carol Smith of transformingfocus.com. We're going to come right back and talk about preparing for team challenges, including conflicts and dysfunctions, as well as essentials for best team leadership. Okay, and right now we get to look ahead a little bit. Next week we're going to have speaker training, how to incorporate humor into your talks. And then after that, we have next week the Bible Study Expo. Oh, my goodness, we have all kinds of gals signing up from all over the world for that. If you haven't already registered to win free books and to participate, go to BibleStudyExpo.com and be sure to tell all your Bible Study friends about that. That's next Thursday. The week after, on March 23rd, is Writer's Training, How to Craft a Powerful Devotional. Really specific training there for you. On the 30th, Money Training, Your New Money Mindset. And on the 6th of April, Author training again, words that hurt and words that heal. Event planner training on April 13th, casting vision and time management. And then on the 20th, seven keys to starting a profitable business. Well, we are going to return right now to our guest today, Carol Smith, who's sharing with us time ma- or management training, building your best team. And Carol, we want to spend this last little bit of time talking about what to do when things go wrong with a team. And, you know, of course, the we always want to avoid it all. <laughs> we all avoid anything ever going wrong, but even our best uh, laid plans. And even, you know, you see it even in the Bible, the apostles, the disciples sometimes had trouble with the team and um, Jesus had some trouble with his team. And of course we're all on God's team and God has a lot of trouble with his team. Not that uh, it isn't anticipated or covered, but there are things that we can do if we find ourselves in trouble with our team. So maybe I'm just going to pass the baton back to you here, Carol, and ask you to share a little bit about preparing for team challenges. You know, preparing, I think, um, I read a tremendous amount. I love to read, and I've studied, and I've even taught classes on conflict resolution, crisis intervention, et cetera. But the best preparation really is is to stay humble and open, but also to be patient and long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. which comes from God. But I think um, I can recommend some good resources. I definitely tell you to go back to the uh, the the biblical teaching in Matthew where you go to that person first, then you, you go with one or two, and you do everything you can to bring reconciliation, and maybe that will happen immediately. Maybe that will take weeks or months, but it's a process. That's The whole life is a process, and you're always going to have high-maintenance people, the irregular, difficult people. And I like Dr. Les Parrott's approach. He says that um, you have to set good boundaries, you have to give the gift of grace, but you have to leave the rest for God to handle. 
And so many times we want to try to fix or solve or, you know, change people, and sometimes we just have to step back and let God. And But the whole thing is is that you want to prevent, but, if you you know, if, when you're right in the middle of the dysfunctions, you just want to do your best to rebuild it and, and do no harm. And sometimes it, the hardest thing ever is is that we just have to, Keep that boundary not only for ourselves, but we got to guard our heart. We got to put on that whole armor, and um, and we have to do that as a, as a leader, but also as a team member. And it, that'll happen no matter what, because it's it is the world we live in, and it, and we know that sin is is evident. But um, just trust God that you did the best you could, and 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 if you do something that you need to, apologize immediately. Seek forgiveness and reconciliation because truly that is what God wants us um, to be, people that I love are reconcilers. I love that. And I love that you started with stay humble <laughs> because that is so key. It is so important to not let this position of leadership go to your head. And, oh, my goodness, whenever I let my positions of leadership of any kind, um, whether it's as a mom or in any way, Whenever I let that go to my head, I get in trouble so fast and uh, pay the consequences for that. And I always used to tease that, you know, the, the verse most referenced in my Bible was, you know, James 4.10, humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord. It seems like whenever I'd ask God to tell me something, he'd always say James 4.10, James 4.10. <laughs> but uh, but um, it's so true. And one of the things I, I love that you brought up the Matthew thing where, you know, you just make it a habit. And even with our many, many team members that we've had over the years at our businesses, if I ever have a, if I ever hear a ripple of, of trouble, I always go right directly to the person who it's about. And I just say, you know, I kind of overheard something, but I don't even know if it's true. Can you just tell me what's going on here? And it is amazing, Carol, how many times there is a perfectly legitimate reason for what the person did or that it was completely misunderstood. Everything from everything from um, doing something a certain way to not doing it. And even even sometimes like somebody seeing somebody take something out of the take money out of the till um, right down to that. If I go back to these people and just honestly and humbly say, will you just tell me how what happened here? They have reason. They actually have legitimate true reasons and very seldom have I had a problem where it, it is not solved by simply going back to the person who was in question and asking them directly and what happens if you don't do that is that you can have your entire team up in a big swarming bee you know a thing where everybody's buzzing and everybody's bumping into each other and it becomes a nasty mess and it was over nothing and I think Satan really loves to ruin teams that way well, you just you spoke very well because that's what you have to do. You have to speak the truth in love and seek to understand and, and give them the opportunity and, and then make it right, you know, not only with that person but with everybody else because we also know that um, perverse talk, gossip, slander, you know, that can get way out of control, and those are strong words, but the Bible uses those exact words quite a bit. And uh, when I said guard your heart, the very next verse after guarding your heart is avoiding that kind of talk. But I love the verse about guarding your heart, for out of it everything else flows. It is the wellspring, 
And so we do want our words to be words that are uplifting and encouraging and helpful. And that's, again, that back to that a team is so beneficial because it grows us, it refines us, right. and then we're there helping one another. And I, I really sometimes need you. I mean, I need somebody to, you know, to be there for that accountability to, to make me aware. And, and how many times have people been completely unaware of the way they come across, the things they've done, or that, that their behavior is not acceptable? And, um, yeah. again, the Holy Spirit does the convicting, but we can also walk alongside and help support them. So hmm. you're, you said it earlier. You described so much. I thought, oh, you're describing the essentials for best team leadership. You know, to me, we have to keep our focus on Jesus. We have to seek God as our source and our strength. But that humility, that humility that Christ uh-huh. had, we need to have. You know, that walk that he had. And, and you know, he truly did. I know that every one of his disciples knew that Jesus really loved them. And so, you know, I I love that experience myself, that I know he really loves me, and I love that experience that when I'm working and serving together, whether it's my work, employment, or my ministry, or in my family, that I can say, you know that I really love you, you know, and I know that when I get sometimes uh, my friend says you can't call it constructive criticism because it's criticism is criticism. But when I get <laughs> called out, I'm thankful because I have a relationship with that person of mutual trust and respect and that they truly do have what's best for me in mind. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I there's that saying, you know, the only person who has never been criticized is the one who's never attempted anything of value. <laughs> And so, you know, when you when he says, you know, constructive criticism doesn't exist, really honestly it does. And there's a difference between malicious criticism and constructive criticism. But no matter how it comes, if you look at it as the pruning that that needs to be done in our lives, it can it can yield good fruit. And so if we just, just run it all to Jesus, whether you know, I, I, I agree that it feels all bad. To me, I never like to get criticized no matter what. But I do like people to help me. I mean, I, I sometimes even put my shirt on inside out or something ridiculous like that and go and go to work like that, you know, and people will say, oh, I think your shirt's on inside out. Well, I don't like to hear that because I would rather have gotten it right the first time. But I really am grateful that somebody bothered to tell me before I went through the whole day with my shirt inside out or something like that. And no matter what it is that people are criticizing us about, it's important for us to just hear it run it to Jesus, however much it stings, run it to Jesus, and then let him heal us. Um, and even if we can't fix it, at least we can be aware of it's something that um, bothered that person or Jesus might want to work with us in the future. And, and it's so good for us to be there. And the more we are humbled, the better leaders we become because we recognize how painful that is to hear. And so we're more gentle with the people that we're correcting, as well as we're very much aware of our own weaknesses. And the worst leader to be under is one that doesn't think they have any weaknesses. Those are really tough people to work with, (laughs) work for. Yes. And and it may be that the team will refine that person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Usually that happens. So when you think of the essentials for best team leadership, we've got focusing on Jesus, our humility in Christ. Were there any other specifics that you had right there? I always have to come to integrity and trust. I need that uh, honesty and transparency, and I, I put them all in that together, that, you know, 
that's something I highly, highly value in my husband. My husband is a man of integrity, and it means a lot to me. And there's reasons because of things that have happened in my past, and my, but integrity, and then commitment. I we for some reason we've been having a real challenge with our church lately in that we can't get people to commit. You know, and then if they say they're going to come or they're going to do something, they don't follow through. And it's I'm not sure what's happening in some instances on that, but commitment. And then cooperation and shared responsibility, because that is a part of it, that we all contribute and we all help one another out and we all serve, because there's nothing worse than being the first man there and the last man there. And, um, you know, that that's overwhelming if you don't feel that everybody's contributing. And teachability is what I want to complete with here. Teachability, always be willing to learn. Mm, yeah, that's great. Those are great. So focusing on Jesus, humility in Christ, integrity and trust, commitment, cooperation, shared responsibility, and teachability. And then I want to just wing back around and touch on one that you mentioned earlier but isn't in this list, and that's grace. Um, I, I always say I can't breathe without grace. I, I cannot function without grace. There's, there's, there's uh, love and there's joy and there's hope and all these things, but without grace, without God's riches extended to me at his expense that I didn't deserve, I didn't earn, they're just given to me. And what I find, Carol, is that when I'm with people who are not gracious people, I, I become, I become exactly the little person that I am. But when I am with people that are gracious to me and see Jesus in me, they're looking for Jesus in me, they see Jesus in me, then Jesus can shine through me. And it's a totally different experience to have people just completely reject Christ in you and just take you at face value. Every mistake is intentional. Problem is you're meaning to hurt them or to make it harder versus an atmosphere of grace where every mistake is forgiven and everything that is you've made more complex just by who you are. uh, You didn't mean to make it more complex. We just love you and we're going to cover for you. I mean, it's just such a different experience. And so grace is so critical. Carol, this hour has flown right by. I'm so grateful for what God has done in and through you and for the woman you are and for how bold you are with sharing all this and and sharing what God has done for you. Thank you so much for being here. Marnie, thank you. And I love, thank you. You blessed me with that gracious um, focus because that is truly how we live and breathe. It's by His grace. Mm. And if there is well, one thing I would say just at the end here, and that is that uh, two are better than one, and three are even better, for a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And I am so thankful for the grace that God extends, not only through His Son, through His Spirit, but through people like you and the people that we have in our lives, that we can do life together. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being here. And you guys need to go check out Carol's uh, stuff over at transformingfocus.com. She's definitely available as a speaker, as well as a trainer and coach, and also available to you at womenspeakers.com. Well, this hour has gone so fast. Thank you for joining us. And I hope that you'll come back next week, same time, same place. And for those of you who listen to the archives later, thank you and welcome to you. And uh, share Marnie's friends with your friends. And we'll all just be one big happy family. Okay, you have a great week. Bye-bye now.